0: Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the podcast is with my good friend James Moran, astrologer, meditator, world traveler extraordinaire, and I can't tell you how excited I was to do this podcast, and once you listen to it, you will see why. In it, we go through astrology, a little bit of meditation, and then back to astrology and I really think that this will help a lot of people put a lot of things that's happening today in, into perspective uh, externally and internally as well. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Esoteric Gladiator. I am your host, Jeremy Lipsey, and today I am joined by a good friend who I rarely get to speak to, but uh, we are brothers in meditation, astrology, and others. i got my good friend James on today. James, how are you?
1: I'm well. I'm well, Jeremy. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, It's my pleasure. Um, So, James, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and and kind of what you're into?
1: Sure. I'm an archetypal astrologer, And that's my, that's my profession and my passion. And, uh, what that means is I give astrology readings for folks, um, in the, in the tradition of archetypal astrology, which is a sub tradition of the larger field of astrology. Um, astrology has, uh, quite a number of traditions and quite a breadth to it as, as a field. So, um, Archetypal astrology is part of Western astrology. It's a practice of astrology that was actually born from the therapeutic, the investigations and studies of therapeutic use of psychedelics in the 1950s and 60s and into the 70s. The um, There was a researcher named Stan Groff who was looking for a tool which could help him um understand what would come up from someone's subconscious when they were entering into these studies because they had, um, you know, if they had two people administered the same amount of, of the same substance, but they would have wildly different experiences or even the same person on three different dates with the same amount of the same substance without very, a varied experience. So they're looking for a diagnostic tool. It was him and his protege, Richard Tarnas, And, um, they couldn't find anything among the Western psychological battery of tests. And, and then somebody suggested they use astrology. They were hesitant, but they, they tried it out. Um, and they found the tool that they were looking for. And Richard Tarnas, the protege of Stan Groff ended up being the person who then developed archetypal astrology. He's my teacher. Um, and that's, that's the field that I, that I work in. Um, and I'm also someone who has pursued meditation, yoga, and kind of spirituality in general since I was young. Um, yeah. Adolescent, basically teenager. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's some of me.
0: So so me and you met at a meditation uh, center, the Vipassana Meditation Center. I, I don't know, was that like, almost 10 years ago, I think.
1: Yeah. Jeez. Let me think. That was, um, that must've been, it must've been almost exactly 10 years ago. I yeah. believe. Yeah.
0: And, and, yeah. um, uh, you know, I've, I've been, I've kept up with the practice off and on. I've, I've, I've now attended multiple Vipassanas in multiple different, uh, places. Um, I'm really interested in this archetypal astrology because like I know that each month represents uh an archetype like January is Janus and and then each day represents like an archetype like Thursday is Thor and Saturday is, is that Saturnalia or Kronos or something like that is am I correct?
1: Yeah, um that's um that would actually be kind of referring to the larger field of astrology which I'm I'm not you know total uh, totally adept at but but basically there is the larger understanding of archetypes as it developed through the work of Plato and and through the work of Carl Jung and is a sense that there are these things in the these fundamental qual, uh, fundamental kind of symbolic themes, I guess you could say, in the the collective unconscious of humanity and in the individual psyche of humanity of a human um, that show up again and again throughout culture. So like, for instance, Thor, you know, that's a that's the tradition of. um, Yeah, so Thor is the king of the gods, and that's that's in the Viking tradition, just like there's a king of the gods named Jupiter, which was I believe that's the. Zeus, I think, was the Greek name. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. Jupiter, the yeah. Latin name, of the same god, more or less. Um, and so, different, different, these different principles show up in different cultures. And um, you know, the Venus, for instance, the goddess that's associated with beauty, the archetype of beauty, which is symbolized in this goddess form. And then in Indian mythology, there's Lakshmi. Mm-hmm. Which is very similar, um, sense of, of value and wealth and, and just very similar symbology there. Right. So,
0: and like um, Asian should be like Quan Yin or something like that.
1: Yeah. Although I don't, I don't know specifically about that tradition. But basically, yeah, yeah the idea is that, that these, these arise independently. It's not like all the cultures kind of were in cahoots with each other. It'd be like, okay, you create this God and I'll name it this God. It just rises independently. Yeah. In the, in the human experience.
0: Which is crazy because when you do, like, like a, a deeper study on these gods or archetypes or whatever you want to refer to them as, you find a lot of common patterns um, globally or, you know, planetarily, you know, uh, you know, from ancient Egypt to Rome to, you know, South, Latin America, South America, to Asia, to you know even i believe oh, even a yeah. you know well e- egypt is in africa so you know
1: it's- yeah yeah and and even in i think it's west africa where there's i believe it's the orishas um that's very similar too it's like um i mean the the planetary archetypes are a little bit different from the um from the the, the, archety- the archetypes that you see in mythology um it's hard to make like a one-to-one comparison because the planetary archetypes are like, okay, here's this planet, that's Jupiter, here's this planet, Saturn, Mars, et cetera. And it's like, okay, there's a specific kind of batch of symbolism with each planet. And when they align, then we combine the symbolisms and we can see it quite clearly playing out in the world. And in mythology, it's storytelling, which is like, um, you'll see similar archetypes come up, but, It'll sometimes be a kind of a cross, a, a, a little bit of a crossing of the, of the qualities. So it'll be like, um, because for instance, if I tell a story, um, I, you know, if I end up being a storyteller that tells a story that gets passed on, you know, maybe I tell a story about, um, about Zeus or, you know, I just make up a God with a name that ends up being, you know, a tradition that ends up being built around Mm-hmm. And for me, when I was born, Jupiter was combined, for instance, with, with Venus. Okay. And so, when I describe that God, it might be like a combination of the two archetype, the two planetary archetypes yeah. that might come out in the story, or it might be like, you know, I might tell a story of how this one God, which represented Jupiter, kind of king of the gods, marries this other God that is. Um, you know, represents a kind of Venusian thing. Maybe they have a kid that represents both. I don't know. It's it's organic, basically, is is what I'm saying. Like the storytelling is um is an organic unfolding that can be a mishmash yeah. of of what are the planetary architects.
0: So, have you been? Uh, have you? Do you still meditate regularly, or is whenever you can? Or
1: yeah, the um, yeah, man, that's a good question. The uh, I'm at about so every the,
0: other day meditation. Sometimes I'll meditate for a couple of days in a
1: row, but, you know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, yeah. So the tradition that, that Jeremy and I um, met in the Vipassana 10-day tradition is, um, you know, those 10-day retreats are great. They're 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 pretty intense. I mean, yes. it's an intensive thing. You meditate for like 11 or 12 hours a day. They
0: never like get that. easier. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's intense. And then there's, you know, they recommend daily practice after that. Um, and, uh, and it's not like 15 minutes. It's like, you know, an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening. And so, yeah, I, I, for like 20 years, I was very deep in that tradition and going to 10 day courses, even 20 day courses, 30 day courses, meditating daily. Um, yeah, man, really, really driven in that way. And, um, and since then, I have slowly, um, my meditation has only deepened, but my adherence to the structure and the discipline of it has become a little bit more fluid. Yeah. Like I haven't gone to a 10 day since 2018 and I still meditate daily, usually for about an hour. Um, I mean, it, it, it can, it, it, varies it, varies up, but like, um, but I, I definitely realize that, that. It, for me, it's been a positive transition because it's been one in which I used to, in the beginning, be very concerned with the that practice. meditation. Ha- yeah, meditation happens on the mat. And, you know, I'd even, I would even rush home and stress myself out to try yeah. and get on the mat. Um, whereas now I realize that, you know, the whole point is to be present in literally every present moment, no matter what I'm doing, you know, like to bring my fullest sense of myself, my existence, my presence to, to the present moment. And that could be, you know, maybe I'm facing something stressful, maybe yes. I'm facing something challenging or hectic, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really kind of what I've been feeling appreciative for around that recently. Yeah, dude, I didn't
0: know you'd been doing it for so long and got so intense with it. Um, my, my my first experience with it was probably about nine months before I met
1: you, and I think well, I remember that. Yeah,
0: and, and <laughs> I, I had literally like been suffering from PTSD and like having nervous breakdowns, which had never happened in my life. And and I Whoa. and and I'm fairly psychic and intuitive so when i was having these nervous breakdowns i was sure something was gonna happen and lo and behold nothing would happen and it literally fucked with me i was like oh my god i'm i'm losing it like what's what's going wrong and and, and i just realized that i went online i was like dude maybe you have ptsd so i took a couple of uh you know online tests and i had every you know symptom of ptsd and, and um, I knew I had to do something, and, and then I was in the middle, literally in the middle of a nervous breakdown, and one of my friends, like, called me, and he's like, man, you sound really stressed out. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm not having a good time right now. You know, my grandma had just died. My relationship had just ended. I had just lost my job. And he said, well, that's why I'm calling you because I just left this meditation course and you were the first person I thought about. And he told me about it and I was like, give me the information. And I wound up there two weeks later. Wow. And on the fourth day, you know, I don't, I'm not a crier and, and, mm-hmm. you know, I hadn't cried in years, but on the fourth day, I like literally crumbled and cried wow. for like 45 minutes straight, like a child. Like I hadn't cried like that since I was a kid. And I couldn't stop it. It just wouldn't, I couldn't stop crying. Uh, And then um, when I left, I had realized, you know, because I I kept up with an hour a day. I would meditate in the morning when I woke up, hour and 15 minutes, you know. And I always prayed after my meditations. Um, uh, And I realized two, three weeks, two months after I still had this sense of joy in me, which I hadn't had in years. And I wasn't yeah. having these bad days anymore. I wasn't riddled with like I'm talking about twenty years of consistent nightmares, no good dreams. I wasn't having yeah, yeah I wasn't ha- I didn't have the PTSD anymore. It it had it had left. Um kinda now where I'm at with my practices, the last Vipassana I did was a three day and it was last February. And um I've you know, I kept up daily with an hour or two hours And then I slowly just kind of transitioned out because I just found it like really hard for me to sit like in that structured way. So Mm -hmm. basically I would say I sit for a half an hour to 45 minutes in Vipassana meditation. Then I do about 10 10 minutes of visual meditation. And then I do Mm -hmm. about five minutes of prayer afterwards. And that's kind of where my practice is now. And it's, you know, sometimes daily, you know, sometimes every other day just kind of what, where I'm at, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Nice. Yeah. That's cheers to that, like consistency and not just in terms of the week, but in terms of over time. Like, you know, you, so it must have been 2009 or something when you had your first course. Does that seem right?
0: Yeah. About then. Yeah. I was third, I was a th- couple months before my 35th birthday.
1: Yeah. Cause I remember now what we we met actually at a 3-day course. Yes. I, I believe. Yeah, cuz I was going back for a little tune-up. Um and I met you there and I remember you were you were quite excited because you know, you're like this new thing meditation this is amazing. I remember your energy. Yeah. It was like super excited. Um and uh yeah, I mean that type of experience like you had in your first course. I mean, I I will forever be a proponent of, of a meditation. I mean, that's Absolutely. just been one of the great gifts in my life. Um, and, uh, and so, and it's, it's powerful. I mean, the ability to be, to sit and be in the present moment and not, um, you know, the mind has an ability to just get on a kind of like, um, like a trampoline. reactionary pattern of, of reaction. It's almost like, you know, how like if you go to, there's this classic thing, if you go to the doctor and they hit your knee with a little hammer, yeah. and it makes your knee jerk. The mind also has knee jerk reactions where it gets into, um, you know, reactionary patterns. And when we sit in Vipassana in that way, it's like whatever that reactionary pattern is covering up, you know, the reactionary pattern is not, know, we're not playing into it. We're kind of just relaxing and releasing that tendency. And then whatever's there can come up and out and cheers to you, man. That's pretty, pretty sweet. And kind of that's, that's, that's what I feel is some like really dope warrior energy. Like, you know, the ability for someone to face off with themselves and be and stand by themselves, you know, and allow things to come up is I feel you know, there's a lot in the Indian traditions and in the Buddhist traditions. There's a lot of they use the word like noble a lot, mm-hmm. noble truths and stuff. I feel like that is a noble thing, you know, yeah. to that that type of thing. Just observe. Is, yeah, feels like that to me.
0: Yeah. Um, what's crazy was the last time you and me dropped in real deep was when I was on the mm-hmm. island of Kauai and we talked for like an hour and you right. gave me a birthday reading and it was for my um my i think it was the pluto return or something like that and i had been meditating at that point um for 2 hours a day religiously for months and uh and you d- gave like this i think it was my jupiter re- or uh, my my pluto return right i was 38 saturn mm. returns when you're 28
1: I mean it could have been a Pluto square, Pluto square Pluto. Um other than that I'm not sure. What it. yeah, Saturn returns 28.
0: You That's gave true. yeah, you gave me just a fucking prolific reading and tied in all this this stuff and um and uh particularly at that time I was really going through like some really deep emotional stuff and um uh, mm you like tied it all together and put a lot of clarity on things for me. And what's crazy now with what's going on and, and not just our country, but in the world, you know, I mean, even pre COVID, mm-hmm. I mean, there was mm-hmm. riots and protests everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as above, so below, um, as within, mm-hmm. so without, mm-hmm. um, so in your eyes and, and mm-hmm. your mind, what, what do you think is at play astrologically with, with all that's happening right now that's unfolding on this physical plane?
1: Yeah. Yeah, the um there's a great question. The so the in archetypal astrology is great for looking at what's called world transits. So, you know, when you were talking about you were talking about the you're, you're reading and, you know, things like Saturn return and Pluto square. And, um, so there's, there's the birth chart of an individual, which is basically where the planets were when one was born. Um, and that is a kind of a map you, you take, you make like a pictogram of the sky and where the planets were when a person was born and it's a reflection of their nature, Of their psyche of their nature at its depth it's very illuminating about the whole of the life and of the whole of the person um and then you can do a transit reading which is like looking at a certain period of time in one's life you know those are the saturn returns and the things like that where it's like you know you can get some clarity of where is somebody at a certain moment and time in their life what's what's going on there and then there's something called world transits and um world transits are, uh, are basically looking at just where the planets are in the sky at any given moment in time. And that, um, gives us a sense of the tenor of events here on the ground. Like you said, as above, so below. Um,
0: does that have anything so, to do? Sorry. Does that have anything to do with like that, astrocartography cartography or anything like that?
1: So astro cartography is another way of looking at the chart. Um, That is a practice that you can use for an individual to, that refers more to the birth chart, actually. Like you can use, you can use someone's birth chart and you can find out if they live in different places in the world, it brings out different sides of their character. Yes. Um, You know, like that's why some like I moved to California. We met in California. I'm I'm from Washington DC area. and I I moved to California that, you know, in the astro cartography, it shows like how you know that area is significant, brings out this side of me. Uh Yes. So that's, that's another kind of fascinating, interesting little Avenue. Um, and, uh, yeah, so world transits, you can see, you know, what's happening in the sky reflects what's happening on the stage of the earth all over the earth. Um, And you have what are called outer planet transits, which, um, you have inner planets and outer planets and inner planets are more quickly moving. Um, it's all in relation to the earth. So how quickly they move across our sky from our vantage point, like the sun moves fairly quickly, Mercury, Venus, the moon moves really quickly. That's the fastest moving in 28 days. It'll go around the entire Zodiac around Mm -hmm. the entire sky. Um,
0: Every full moon, every
1: new moon. Yeah, you know, you can, yeah, exactly. Two weeks, you know, it'll be, it'll conjoin with the sun, new moon. It'll be opposite the sun, full moon. Mm -hmm. And so, so when you look at the inner planets and the outer planets, it'll describe their transits, their, where they are in the sky, what they reflect about here on earth reflects things happening on a daily scale or a weekly scale. If it's the moon, it's like an hourly scale. So it's like, oh, you know, what's, what's going on this week? you know, look at the inner planets, but then once you go further out and you look at the outer planets, um, outer planets are really Uranus, Neptune and Pluto, but you know, Saturn is also pretty far out there, moves mm-hmm. more slowly, Jupiter too. And when you look at those, um, you get a sense of more like wider swaths of time. So they'll reflect like things like decade, like a decade, you know, yeah. each decades tend to have different qualities from one another. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So like if you look at the nineteen sixties, Uranus and Pluto were conjoined. Um and their qualities, Uranus is the liberator and the and Pluto is the archetype of um the powerful hidden transformative yeah, powers. Um yeah, there's secrecy there, hidden things, um sexuality. power sexuality instincts, drives, deep drives, libidinal drives, um potency, sexual power, Pluto, Pluto was, even? yeah, well, it's particularly when mixed with, with Uranus, um, because that power of Pluto, the two, when the two combine, they act upon each other. So if Uranus is a, is a principle for revolution and freedom and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, emancipation, then the plutonic drive just drives it. So it's almost like suddenly when the two get together, suddenly this overwhelming drive coming up from the hidden depths towards freedom basically um but then conversely the uranus freedom principle can release the the plutonic the beast the um the fires of transformation pluto in the greco-roman mythology that was um pluto was the god of the underworld um and and that's a good representation because there's you know this there's a sense of a hiddenness um beneath the uh you know, if we, if we look at the earth, it looks tranquil, but beneath it, you know, if you see what's beneath it coming out, it's like a volcano, mm-hmm. you know, um, which can trans change a landscape as I'm sure you probably witnessed in Hawaii, you know, it's oh, like yeah. a volcano can trans can change a landscape. And that's just like you said, that Phoenix energy of, of something powerful that comes up and burns up the old and births the new from fire, um, and so, so yeah, so that's how, you know, the sixties was like that. It's the nineties the was Uranus and, ne- and Neptune, very different energy, a lot softer, but still very revolutionary, very spiritual yeah. time. Gangster um, rap era, gang era. Yeah, that's, yeah. Saturn got in there. That's when the, the gangster rap became, um, A big part of it because it was Uh, almost like
0: that got released in 1990 and then the whole gang era started the prison industrial complex and all that
1: yeah that's like um that's a little different than the uranus neptune energy the uranus neptune energy um was actually um linked more with like in the 90s like the kind of psychedelics started to get reunited there was a lot of spiritual revolution at that time it was kind of things like the internet basically neptune is the dissolver the great dissolver it can be dissolver in good or bad way like you know good way is like ego disillusion sense of oneness sense of dissolving barriers um and uranus um is is the liberator so it liberates in a new way that that dissolving quality and you know, the internet really propagated that time, which dissolved barriers yeah. using technology. That's very Uranian. Um, Berlin wall dissolved. There was a lot yeah. of dissolving going on at that time. Um, there was when, when Saturn came in, there was two passes of Saturn during that decade, which tends to bring in the, the challenging sides of, of, of combinations. And, um, with Uranus and Neptune, there can be Neptune is that sense of dissolving and spiritual rapture, and Uranus makes it exciting. And but then Saturn brings in um, the challenge there, and there there can be um, a challenge of at that time there was a lot of your, Neptune can be associated with being high, like spiritually high or just high on drugs, basically. Yeah. Um, and there was like a really bad problem. I don't know if you remember like crack epidemic. Yes. And, um and heroin and um and so anyways you get and then um well even the even though they overpopularized weed too to a certain extent yeah and yeah, weed, and yeah, weed yeah, can totally. abuse you like you abuse it yeah exactly i remember totally i remember in the night it was funny i was thinking about this the other day when weed became legal in dc i was thinking about how on the 4th of july every year there used to be this big protest uh, like for weed legalization, which was like the hit place to be because it was like, you know, everybody was there smoking weed against the cops. And, and it was like a big party. And now I'm like, it got legalized. It was the 4th of July when I was thinking about it. I was like, <laughs> you know, like um, but yeah, yeah, there was, there was, you know, there was this kind of, um, that was the time when weed started to get really pumped up on, um, you know, like really, the, the kind of horticulture aspect started to get really, um, really developed and it started to become really strong, super strong, super, almost like psychedelic in Cypress Hill. Oh yes. Feel the effects of the high. And um, So anyways, yeah, it's all to say that, that the, you know, these outer planets, they tend to kind of reflect, they reflect really qualities of decades. And, and the, the decade that went from 2008 until now, basically, was another Uranus-Pluto, Just it was it was the square between Uranus Pluto in the sixties. It was conjoined, very fiery protests, and then in from two thousand eight through now, it's ending now. Actually, um, has been the square, and that is also tense, dynamic. I mean, very similar ton of protests in the past decade. A lot of um, a lot of really intense upheaval. And then, and then just like, as we saw with the nineties with Uranus Neptune, Saturn comes through and it's periodic passes and brings in these really tough, um, really tough, intense reality checks combined with that. And that was 2020 With Saturn was there 20. The other one was in the very beginning in 2008, 2009, when there was the whole too big to fail, um, economic crash, um, you know, 2008 through 2010, when, um, when things got, um, you know, all this housing crisis and, um, so yeah, so yeah, the, the, and then now, now is just fascinating time, man. 2020 was so intense, dude. Triple conjunction. I don't know if you, I mean, it was in the news. It was like, um, Saturn and Pluto. I mean, sorry, Saturn, Jupiter conjunction. Everybody was talking yeah, about it. I, don't know if I heard you saw about that, that. So tight. Um, but actually what you couldn't see there was that Pluto was there too. And they were all, they were all three conjoined throughout the whole year. They just, it was only at the end of the year when it became really tight and dramatic, but, um, but those three together, that's a heavy hitter, man. That's, that's, uh, that's quite a heavy hitter. Correct, um, correct
0: me if I'm wrong. Like, yeah. like Saturn representing rules and guidelines and work, exactly. and ethics, and then Jupiter representing more like freedom and and travel and, and and expression and liberation. And then you have Pluto, which is the hidden and the transformation, and you know the yeah, exactly, occult. Man,
1: you you yeah yeah I mean you that those yeah, you got the archetypes pretty spot on, so yeah, so Saturn, just like you said, boundaries limitations, it's just like Saturn's bound by these rings, it's like Saturn tends to um all well, all the archetypes have a spectrum from the challenging side to the rewarding side, the rewarding side of Saturn is things like discipline, the ability to yes. institute our own structure, discipline, inner authority, um but on the other side, it's like. Uh, the, the things in reality outside of us that, that limit us, you know, like whether it's external authority or even time space, you know, time, we all Mm -hmm. have a limit on time called mortality, um, deadlines, you know, responsibilities, bills, these are, these are all Saturnian things. Um, so that's exactly right. Jupiter, the biggest of the planets it's associated, just like you said, with travel, it's associated with the with expansiveness. So, like travel is a way of expanding our world. It's also associated with abundance um, and higher learning, higher and, studies. And, and then you mix
0: tr- those two: Saturn with Jupiter, travel bans, you know, exactly uh, lockdowns, right. and, and 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 restrictions on your finances.
1: Exactly. And then right, got man. Pluto but,
0: in the background with that hidden shit, like whatever the. These guys are up to it's in the background. They they got some hidden shit going on.
1: Yeah, so Pluto um Pluto is fascinating. It 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 um whatever it tends to touch it Pluto's associated with the hidden and also with power with a capital P, um like universal power, big, big type stuff. Um mm-hmm and so whatever it touches it's a few, it, it, it it in of itself doesn't necessarily have a quality of its own but when it touches other things it will bring out the hidden sides of that thing it will bring out and it will empower and drive that thing with a real intensity like really impressive intensity so like um you know with saturn whenever it gets in touch with saturn the sense of limitations the sense of um you know, just like you said, limitations, restrictions become like in just empowered and driven, almost like an anaconda, you know, like constricting. Uh-huh. Um, and then with Jupiter, it's just like you said, I mean, you know, if, if we look at Saturn, Pluto and acting on Jupiter, Jupiter is kind of jubilant, celebratory, expansive travel um, associated with abundance. And then this Saturnian reality check limitation comes on empowered by Pluto. So it's like a super duper constricting constraint Um, upon, yes, travel, upon celebration, you know, like more of like a – it wasn't that much of a traveled celebratory Christmas. It was more like a – you know, the celebrations were more contained. They were more restrained. Um, And and then you can also enact – jupiter on saturn pluto in the sense that with saturn pluto you have this intensity of restraint and constraint and then jupiter expands whatever it touches so it makes it a global global drama global um proportions you know this big drama 2020 oh everybody's talking about it it's a big you know it's like it's the big thing and it's the world over um and so that's You know, that's at least some of the dynamics there.
0: Well, um, on a numerological level, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. which is kind of – I've really gotten a lot deeper into numerology lately. Um, And uh, last year there was this – I think it's Gary the Numbers guy or something. He had said uh, 2020 represents clear vision. Mm -hmm. And so me, I always try to expand upon things that I I hear and, you know, I formulate my own creative – process with it so I thought okay well if 2020 represents clear vision which I know it does perfect vision I believe Mm -hmm. that we will see something on a global level right and this was in 2019 Mm -hmm. when I heard this and then thought that I was like we're gonna probably see something on a global level in 2020 because we're collectively sharing that year right Mm -hmm. and then lo and behold you know five six months later COVID-19 happens and I was like oh awesome the new PSYOP or whatever it is Um, and then um, I started my podcast shortly after that and and Mm -hmm. on my 7th episode I was like I'm going to just do a brief introduction to astrology so I spent the night before like giving myself a refresher and studying and during that time I had kind of like an epiphany and I realized well wait a second 2020 is actually 22 Cause zeros don't really count in um, Mm -hmm. numerology, and I was like, Mm twenty-two is one of the three master numbers, and it's the master builder number. Uh, The to me, the occultists, the elitists, Mm -hmm. are trying to rebuild uh, civilization off the master builder number. Mm -hmm. And then uh, a few weeks ago, I was in meditation, and and I had an epiphany. A lot of times, I have epiphanies in meditation. And I realized, wait a second, this is a master builder decade because it's 22, then it's 22 one, twenty two two, 3 which is, you know, 2021. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's why I keep hearing about um, Agenda 2030 and, and the Great Reset and, and the global economic crisis and all this crap that... Um, that I hear about as it go, so these guys are trying to use numerology this decade as a master builder decade to literally slowly or quickly implement their uh, plans to rebuild uh, a civilization in the age of Aquarius, which you know a lot of times there, there's you know there's a few ways we can look at that whether it's humanitarianism or technology and um mm-hmm. I feel like what's you know a lot of these people are transhumanists and um, they're technocrats and you know uh, social media and, and you know it's all these you know these media giants, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey, a lot of these very technological people uh, seem to have, a lot of the power and they kind of seem to be going in the same direction and pushing very, very similar agendas while working together behind the scenes.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So like what, um, what do you, I mean, how does that, um, kind of inform you and in your path? Like, And and what, what would be your, you know, your maneuvering around that? I
0: mean, whenever you know, things like that arise, you know, um, in me, like, you know, I'm Gemini rising, so I'm, I'm, I'm always bouncing all over the place and, and then I have like that Aries moon, that
1: intensity. Dude, you're, you're Gemini rising. I'm Gemini rising too.
0: Yeah, so I'm 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 going back and forth a lot and um what my and and then I think what my mercury is which is my mind is is in Aquarius, which I'm always trying to I'm very uh very technical in my thought process. I I I have a very broad perspective on I feel like I have a very broad perspective on a lot of things. Um and I mm-hmm. I I try to keep my mind very open to possibilities and possible outcomes but you know back to like you asking me well what is what what could you do about it well there's a few things that I think about I'm like well um, I can uh, just try and keep as as positive a mental attitude as I can Um, I can you know my son's in the eighth house so of course I'm going to stare into the darkness and and look into Mm -hmm. the occult and Mm. you know you know secrecy and and it's very the eighth house is very strong in my chart for sure um and yeah
1: like what i'm i'm, I'm kind of like vaguely recalling your chart it's been years since i've looked at it but i do recall that there's some similarities because we're both gemini rising and both have sun on the eighth yeah what um what else what else you got going on
0: so uh venus and jupiter mars and gemini um i think pluto is in scorpio uh, my uh
1: yeah, and you're a Capricorn I remember Capricorn Saturn and Leo, to...
0: which is why I have such a solid independent work ethic, you know what I mean mm-hmm. which because I always look at Leo as independents and like leaders of their field and uh what what I look at like at the end of the day with all this shit going on around me is well, if i can do something about it great awesome then i don't need to worry if i can't do anything about it then i don't need to worry and meditation has been the one thing that's helped me like uh check myself in the present moment it's like well let's just say they had some you know evil diabolical plan that the, the elites which i know they do they have for centuries they've they've done global resets multiple times, the fall of Atlantis and all kinds of other things, Tartaria and all that stuff. Um, But like, what would you do, Jeremy, if the military was like kicking in doors up the street and your house was like, you know, three doors away. It's like, well, you're either going to go out like a warrior or you're going to go out in a meditation position. You know, either way you can't go out like riddled with fear and terror and, you know, there's, all I can do is is just you know have people like you on my podcast and express what I think is going on and my opinions about the occult or or what whatever you know martial arts or health or numerology or any of the uh the topics that I have on this channel there's beyond that it's all about my internal world and how I can govern that you know, as peacefully as possible, even in the most drastic of situations.
1: Yeah. Okay. Cheers to that. And and, and what what what
0: about you? Do you do you think uh, the next, uh, even this year? What do you kind of see, and like a cosmic sense in and in an astrological mm-hmm. sense? Do you see kind of. Cause I have my own interpretations because I know 2021 is five in numerology and five represents motion, chaos, change, passion, innovation. Uh, but I, I would really like to hear your perspective on what you think may unfold.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. And it's, I mean, I appreciate the numerolo- numerological perspective too. It sounds like you're pretty versed in it because I'm, I'm not actually like I, I'm, I, I'm pretty much exclusively in the astral astrological the archetypal astrology. That's field. a deep, even,
0: that's a deep field though, man. It's pr- probably yeah, constantly it's, learning new things.
1: Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's just, I know, I know my place and I feel, I really like it. Um, I, uh, even Tarot, I got mad, mad respect for, I've seen some Tarot practitioners out there that are oh, really yeah. something else, um, but it's not you know i'm 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 there for me i offer astrology and i have clients and then there's other fields like numerology and and tarot where i'm happy, i'm fine being the client you know i'm i'm in in uh in astrology that's my you know that's where i'm the uh that's where i'm you know in yeah, you're my, probably
0: one of the best nature. astrologers and i know a lot of astrologers you're probably one of the the most accurate uh detailed Astrologer, well, thank you, man.
1: Again, you. you got your sun that. in the
0: eighth house, and then your rising is Gemini, and t- I feel like those are very <laughs> powerful placements as far as like charts go.
1: Yeah, it's been good for me. I mean, rising Gemini. Um, I mean, I don't know; some listeners might not know what that all means, but basically, that's um, you know, I do a lot of writing, a lot of speaking. That's very yeah. good for that. It's very good for the communicatory. And you, you as well. You know, to, podcast talking, um, communicating. And sun in the eighth, sun, sense of central identity in the eighth house is um, the house of the hidden. And it can go both ways there in the sense that the um, people that have sun in the eighth tend to like to be associated in their identity with hidden things, like, for instance, the occult, for instance, the the esoteric practices of astrology or or different esoteric practices that that are basically – investigating what's behind the scenes of reality yeah that's a very eighth house thing yes um there can also be a sense of the sun sheds light and the eighth house is the house of the hidden so people that have the sun in the eighth can be the people that shed light on hidden dynamics um that's another interpretation of that's it that's kind of where i feel like so, i am <laughs> yeah i could i could i could see that i mean i feel that i'm that way too in the sense that i give astrology readings. that's my main that's my main occupation right now and 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 when i'm doing that i'm basically shining light for folks on their own their own life and dynamics their hidden um, self or whatever yeah they're they're like deep you know deep guiding principles happening in their in, in their life um and and so yeah so you're asking me about 2021 um in terms i mean in terms of the year the way I, you know, it. just looking at, again, world transits. Um,
0: Year of the Ox, I think.
1: We just left the Year of the Rat, I believe. In Chinese? Right I, I think that um, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah, so um, in 2021, we leave the Uranus-Pluto square, which has been with us since 2008. Um, and so we really leave a, a a decade and start a new quality, a new quality of, of decade there. And um, so I think as the year goes by, we'll start to realize that we're in a new decade and we're, you know, we, we've crossed a it, this, this last decade was very interesting in that it, it had a very strong punctuation mark at the end um, of, of the triple conjunction of Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto, and the whole COVID thing in 2020. And it mm-hmm. was like, it was a very strong way to go out of a uranus pluto decade um but yeah it's ending and um so that kind of fiery revolutionary quality will be it'll be different you know we'll be going into a new decade and the new decade um just kicking it off here in 2021 is um one of the primary outer planet alignments is Saturn and Uranus in a tenth, what's called square aspect. That means they're ninety degrees from each other's tenth, um, and that is a tension between Saturn, which has to do with limitations, um, structure. Um, Saturn's also associated with the old and the traditional. Yeah, um, it's more conservative, more reserved. Yeah, um, and Uranus is associated with um, freedom from structure, freedom from limitation. Uh, it's more associated with technology the future um and it's kind of like more freeing there's more liberal aspects to it um and so when the two are in tension like that there's um it's it's pretty intense man when those two are in tension yeah. because they're already as archetypes they're already like kind of opposite in some ways yeah um and then when they're in a tense angle it's it um it 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 creates a dynamism and attention there that has to do with um i mean ultimately where it wants to go is it wants to have things like technology or innovation or or even freedom be grounded and rooted in saturnian things so saturn's more simple it's more traditional it's more grounded it's yeah. more like um, so it's like you has know a, taking, has a rhythm it, it like in what sense
0: well, like i mean it's it's like more like of a, a repetitious rhythm as opposed right. to you know what i mean
1: yeah so saturn is associated with um with time and and certainty you know that's why there's kind of a sense of the past and tradition and you know there's a sense that saturnian things have a regularity to them yeah, just like this said, is like what a, works a this is what works this is stable this is um and uranus is the trickster uranus is the one that disrupts Um, stability and brings in technological innovation. It brings in um, freedom too, you know, because sometimes we can become too stagnant in certainty and instability. And so Uh we need some freedom. Um, So ultimately together, that's where we want it to go. Is we want it to come to new grounded, you know, ways of being free and being, you know, being, being free, but being grounded and being mature, you know, being technological and innovative, but being kind of responsible and, and, you know, things like that. Um, to get there though, to navigate that tension, there tends to be, um, a, mess. a lot of, uh, yeah, it's really, um, it can, if it lands in your birth chart significantly, it can be intense, dude. People can get, can have some nervous breakdowns. Um, people can, um, I mean, ultimately, you know, the hope is to understand what's happening, understand the archetypes go with it. And ultimately it's, it's serving us, you know, it's serving us, it's helping us, but we got to grapple with it. We got to understand it, you know, and on the way there, we can have your, are honest, the suddenness and the disruptiveness of your honest can bring in Saturnian reality checks in a sudden abrupt way. So it's like sudden losses, sudden, um, Sudden limitations of reality, sudden constraints, um, which can be jarring for people. I mean, it can be like, um, and then there's also this thing of, um, just the two, there's like this, the liberal and the conservative being in this kind of, um,
0: this polarity
1: polarity that becomes, it becomes really polarized and then, but I see it as theater. Oh yeah,
0: I, I think it's I think it's theater a lot of it, and because um, you know, I see like you know the re- I'm not a registered voter. I mean, I have my own opinions on things, but I I I'm more like you know liberal in some senses and conservative in others, and I just I feel like our two party system is just kind of outdoing itself now, and like people are just pretty you know they're just getting sick of it. It's like you know these they're not doing shit for you know the Republicans are fucking each other over and the and the liberals are fucking everybody over and it's just it's not working anymore you know what i mean
1: mm-hmm. yeah um i do think i know what you mean um the uh you know what i just i think i'm not totally sure about this i remember you're like maybe a year older than me were you born in like 75 i was born in 76 76 okay so, so when is you, your birthday again and- my, I'm I'm born on the thirtieth of seventy six, so like the thirtieth of December, December 30th? like, yeah. Okay, so, you, oh, so we got
0: we got two Capricorns here together under this Saturn planetary alignment. The world's going to explode.
1: <laughs> Not only that, I think you, so. You must have been born right at the beginning of seventy six, yeah, right? Because I'm born at the end, yeah, the ninth. Um, yeah, okay, so January you're almost 9th. exactly a year older than me. Yeah. Um, but I think that I mean. Don't quote me on this, but we may be born both of us. So basically in '76, there was a Saturn Uranus square, okay um, in the sky. And I think it was there in the beginning of '76. You know um, If that's the case, then you were born with it. I was definitely born with it. Um, and so the interesting thing is is that that alignment is coming back now, and it's right on the natal position. It's, it's on that same position of Saturn Uranus. So what does that mean? It basically means that when, when someone is born during an outer planet alignment, it means they carry that energy with them throughout their whole life. Yeah. Um, and so the Saturn Uranus energy that we've been talking about, which is like, you know, technological innovation, but Saturn is grounded and, um, you know, basically this tension between freedom and, 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 and structure, um, is something that somebody born during that time is going to carry with them their whole life. I mean, that's one of the themes of their life is figuring that out, navigating that, you know, reconciling those energies. Dude, I
0: feel that Um, so heavy. Like it, uh, I am literally trapped between freedom and, and discipline. 100%. Wow.
1: Wow. Yeah, man. That's like, I mean, I mean, that's a good encapsulation of it is like freedom. Also commitment, commitment, freedom, limitation, freedom, um so so yeah so like what are some ways that you feel that
0: well i don't i don't really want to focus too much on me but like like my job i'm a tattoo yeah. artist mm-hmm. but, but also i'm training martial arts regularly uh, you know i'm 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 trying to meditate regularly i'm trying to have a, a healthy diet i'm trying not to yeah. indulge in in bullshit too often um but then like you know i have a very like specific rhythm where i gotta study regularly um i i like try to balance mind body spirit regularly but then you deal but you know so i have this structure in my life my structure but when you have the imposition of the external like the government or whatever that's when i'm like oh fuck no you're not gonna tell me what i can say or what i can do or destroy my job or you know any of this but i don't give a shit if it's a pandemic that's killing less than one percent of people. If it was killing twenty percent of people, I still wouldn't give a fuck. Like, you know, we gotta live. We can't destroy everything because you tyrants stand to make a buck or get more power to reign over humanity. And so
1: I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I can, I can feel, I can feel the note of that in there, in the sense that, like, um, that there is. there's that push and pull between Uranus and Saturn. You know, Uranus is freedom. Saturn is constraint. And then there's the, the sense, like even in your job, like that, that, You know, you've chosen a job that is like a free agent kind of job. It's Uranian because you get to determine your own schedule and whatnot. But you also have to institute your own Saturn because you're not going to get paid if you don't, you know, like basically determine your own schedule and go to work on time. And, you know, it's up to you. So it's like a it's like a Uranian free form of Saturn. You know, like you have the freedom to institute your own. Even this year
0: after they locked us down, I Mm -hmm. decided, oh, I'm doing appointments only. So Mm -hmm. I I don't even really have regular business hours anymore. I've, I've, I've wanted the freedom to do my job when I want to do my job so I can go home and I can work out or train martial arts or get involved in any other projects that I may be in podcasting, cooking, whatever it is. Right. So even that I've been more like, well, no, I want more freedom in my job. Right.
1: Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's fascinating. There's like, there's, um, you know there's and it, retrospectively looking at your life we can see like um you know even even the way that you approach um you know approach the esoteric is like you know the esoteric your your is associated with technology with technology and innovation but it doesn't have to necessarily be um like computers it can also it's like the spirit of discovery mm-hmm. so like back in the day technology was astrology technology was you know Terror. numerology yeah, technology numerology. Yeah.
0: yes
1: and so and Abit so there's, there's a there's yeah there's a way that tech that that when you take you're honest with saturn there's a kind of like a traditional note to technology like it yes. harkens back to old school ways and old school traditions So there's even that quality, and obviously myself, I got it too. And I'm, you know, I'm all about the 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 enlightening, innovative qualities of astrology, which is an age old, time old um, tradition. At the same time, though, Uranus and Saturn can be that sudden disrupted Uranian energy of the Saturn, um, the Saturn restraint, constraint, limitation, and so I can. I I feel perhaps, I mean, you can tell me this is an accurate reflection, but it seems like there's a sense of like that, that could get sprung on you anytime. The sense of, um, you know, I I remember you mentioned in the meditation course, like dealing with PTSD and, and, um, and, and the sense that, you know, like things like limitations, that Saturnian kind of weight burden structure, limitation, negation, when Uranus is there, it's like it could be sprung. It's like a little a, a mouse trap or something. You don't know when it's going to happen,
0: uh-huh.
1: which is which which can be jarring. You know, it can be a sense of it can it can kind of lead us to want to integrate the the the, the freedom principle of Uranus in our own structure because there's a sense that you know sometimes external structure can be um, too unpredictable, too you know kind of um, like, like, you know,
0: self-serving or
1: damaging or something.
0: Yeah. Self-serving as well. It, so what does that, I mean,
1: what I said, does that, does that feel right? Oh, absolutely. bro. Right? You're always spot on. Yeah.
0: I I'm, I'm okay. wondering though, as far yeah. as, as this year goes and believe me, yeah. I love, I love talking. Like when you're like, you want to tell me about myself. I love it, bro. Cause you're so spot on. I I'm yeah. really concerned, uh, Just, and I know you gotta, you gotta get off the phone soon this year, positives and negatives, kind of what you, uh, intuitively feel and, and astrologically see.
1: Yeah. So, um, so the Saturn Uranus, um, is, it always wants a new, manifestation. So it's never going to just, we, we don't really know. It's always going to shake things up. There's always going to be some structure that we're used to that could be in our personal lives or in our public, just, you know, societal structures mm-hmm. that are going to get shaken up that are gonna I mean, it's just happening today as we're talking today, Absolutely. You know, the, the, um, the age, the literal structures of, of the capital. um, you know, it's an actual building structure and it's age old and it's very Saturnian, you know, old stone getting kind of infiltrated by, you know, rebellious people. And um, and so there's that kind of shake up energy um, as, as this Saturn Uranus is actually getting pretty tight in the sky, um, the angle. And so, so there's going to be that there's going to be the sense of, you know, some structures are going to get disrupted. You know, there might be some new technology that comes in that, you know, things that you're used to doing in your life get disrupted. Um, And then there's in our personal lives, you know, when it lands in your chart in a way there's personal life, it means like some, something that we got used to about our own ego structures, our own schedule, our own just way that we set up our life gets shaken up by Uranus. I mean, ultimately we want to know that these archetypes are here, you know, that, that life is, um, there's some, you know, if we, life is us, we are life, yeah. you know, like these, these archetypes are principles inside ourselves. and Sometimes our life will bring about something that we're ready for, even if we're not ready to be ready for it or even if we think we're not ready to be ready for it
0: we get what we Um, need rather than what we want
1: exactly and so um so so there's that you know there's that that quality there there's also um there's also uh the um the saturn acting on uranus which is like um oddly technological ways that we were used to doing things get get stopped by saturn so like um you know things you know things that we're used to Social doing media. yeah gets gets restricted gets restrained it might even be just freedoms that we've that we've had get yeah. restrained um this 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 aspect was there in 2020 a bit too um you know the sense of freedoms being being restrained constrained yeah. so there's that it's 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 like a tossing and turning and a tug of war between those and we have to you know whatever we want it to end up being the the reconciliation between those qualities and those energies we got to do it you know like we we have to you know the best way to look at it is in our personal lives like it's going to land you know when you look at your chart you can see where it lands and you know for some people it won't land very hard for others it'll land very hard um you know and then some people are in between but ultimately we want to know that it's it's, it's leading us towards something. And, and it's, it's, um, you know, if we can kind of understand what is going on here, we can kind of go in line with it in a way that serves our us, like a way that serves our authentic unfolding, you know, like we are here in this life to unfold our authentic being in this world. Yeah, and and the archetypes, which are really principles inside our own psyches, even though they're reflected in the outer space, they're mm-hmm. they're 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 reflections of our inner space. The
0: inner they're zodiac they are there for
1: us. They're the inner zodiac, and yeah. and um, and for me, that's I mean that's one of the best lessons of that I, I feel extends beyond this year, and and I mean that's I mean honestly, that's something you know like if I'm going to talk on a larger scale this decade or even this century, I mean, my life's work is probably going to always, to some extent involve going out into the world and pointing out like, look, these, these outer, these, this thing in outer space, these principles, in outer space, these planets, these archetypes, they're reflecting your
0: inner space depth
1: of your own psyche. And so that's showing you that, that the world that you live in is actually, um, you know, it's very easy to feel to, to wall ourselves off and feel like, you know, like I am this body and what's outside is not, is, you know, I can't control it. It's just kind of arbitrary. And there's a sense of separation there. But my message is basically like, if the outer, if the planets out in outer space reflect, you know, aspects of our inner space, then there's a continuum here between what we experience inside ourselves and what we experience outside of ourselves. There isn't this sense of, um, of of that we, you know, we're separate from the world and we're kind of vulnerable. It's more like the world is an unfolding of a story of, you know, I use the word spiritual, probably because yes. I haven't found a better word yet. But it's basically like a spiritual unfolding of your life. And that is it's It's significant it's 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 worthy, you know it's it's something that's worth looking at. your inner space, your outer space, your unfolding of your life is something grand, something divine that's that's my feeling, you know that's like and that's what I feel is um you know if, if there's a lot of kind of lip service to basically love in the sense of of unconditional love, love for another person. Um, but if we really feel like that I'm separate and that other person is separate and everything's separate outside, then they're then it's it's more limited. Yeah. You know, of like and it, and if there's a sense that like, yo, this human being outside me is actually a part we're part of the same field. Yeah. You know, there's 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 some there's some larger cosmic drama unfolding here of which this other person is an integral part of the same unfolding that I am, then I'm like, oh man, then we can create a banger society. Like in my opinion, just like a, or, or even just like a, a banger life, you know, like of, of individuals and how we interact with each other and, and, and how we see life and how we, how we treat other beings, you know, how we treat the earth, how we treat, Uh um, how we treat ourselves and then and and just just bring like a hell of a lot of appreciation to like man look at the orchestration of this crazy goddamn divine play that's going on here like that's yeah that's my son's there
0: remember uh last year wasn't that like didn't like saturn go direct or something at the beginning of last year or some crazy thing with saturn in the beginning of 2020 or something like that
1: because um, how was it reflected?
0: Well, because you you know you you put an emphasis on like Saturn and Jupiter and, and all that. Um, yeah. And I thought like yeah, Saturn played a major part last year in a lot of what was happening. And then you know me and my crazy mind. Corona yeah. means crown, and yeah. also yeah. means Kronos, which is the archetype for Saturn. Correct.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's so crazy. There's also an aso- Corona does mean crown, and Jupiter is associated with um, royalty. Uh-huh. I mean, Jupiter was the king of the gods, Zeus, and and yes, and Kronos is also the name for Saturn. You know, yes. Kronos means time. Um, and so when it first came in, I mean, that was one of the things. And also, there's Pluto there, so it's so so. I mean, the way I saw it, at least, was like Corona, this thing that's a crown, it's associated with royalty, Jupiter becomes has this mortal you know saturn tends to add weight of mortality and limitation becomes this mortal thing and then pluto comes in and oh my god the god of the underworld it just becomes this like this thing of um you know this this mortal threat and 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 really what it brought up was um in the consciousness of humanity was um fear you know fear of um you know, we all have fear inside and it you know, we can when when we kind of pave over life and society with niceties, we can kind of put it to sleep. Yeah. But it doesn't go away. And then just like I was saying that there's this these archetypes I feel are really here for our unfolding and growth. You know, periodically you get these Saturn Pluto transits that wakes up that fear and it and and it it's I I feel it wakes it up to um, disgorge it from our to kind of get it to come, not be just this sleeping thing, but actually to get it come up and out, so we can face, it, face it, get real with it. Yes, you know, yeah,
0: yeah, man. It's 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 crazy. Like so many of the things that, like, it's just my life has become so entrenched in the spiritual, in in the esoteric, in, in the. I don't want to say the occult because uh you know I I don't I'm not like into all that really dark stuff. I'm into understanding it. I'm you know knowing mm-hmm. the symbology and things like that, but mm-hmm. I'm not really into utilizing it for for selfishness and 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 you know to to get what I want sure. from other people or anything like that. Okay. Like I'm more trying to understand it so I can say hey look guys this is what this diabolical Empire has been using against us for thousands of years to keep us in line and we need to start understanding their patterns, their holidays, their numerology, what they are are basing you know all their trickery off of to confuse us, to get us fighting amongst each other, to take our power to you know do their dark canonite rituals and um, you know while at the same time they feed us crumbs or expect us to eat dirt even and um yeah so like esoteric gladiator was just based off of you know that that whole that whole thing was like you know i spent all that time in jail in the the institution i was in the last time was called gladiator school because we fought and we rioted all the time there and then you know in where
1: where was that
0: that was in the youth authority in california okay yeah uh so I went in to do six months, and then I did. You know, it was the gang era '93, is when I got locked up. And uh, so six months eventually kind of turned into almost six years because.
1: Dude, you must have been a minor.
0: Well, I was seventeen, oh, yeah. and then I got out when I was twenty-three. So I was only supposed okay. to be in there for six months, but I fought a lot, and and. Um, and so, like the damn SO-
1: Jeremy, I didn't even know this side of you, man.
0: A lot of people don't and it was funny because when I when I when I had this going away party to move to Hawaii like nine, eight, nine years ago, one of my buddies that I was locked up with came to the party and he had said, He's like, Oh, you guys always you guys know this really happy, silly, kind side of Jeremy, but I've seen him do some really crazy shit and and fight his way out of some really intense situations like you guys would never know this side of him. Again, I have a lot of Scorpio in my chart, (laughs) you know, so there is a hidden side of me as talkative as, as I am, but Mm -hmm. yeah, man, you know, I, so the esoteric gladiator was more like, I found this spirituality in this school of, you know, I was fasting, I was praying, I was doing yoga, I was meditating while I was in jail towards the end of my stay. And, and that was why the, the. You know, name esoteric gladiator was put there, and still now training martial arts, sparring, you know, boxing, kickboxing, and and trying to keep that that warrior spirit somewhat alive, but also not too crazy. You know what I mean?
1: Mhm, mhm, mhm. Wow. Uh, yeah, man.
0: <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. James, do do you want to yeah. give your information out to the listeners? I mean, I don't have like the hugest audience yet. It has been growing. I do have a lot of people that have listened to the show. I have. Uh, I'm going on five thousand listens now. I'm. This will be my fifty eighth episode, I believe. Um, but uh,
1: yeah, man, great, man. Yeah, cheers it, it, to that, guys. Episodes. James
0: is a phenomenal astrologer. Like he. It's, it's really, you and me don't connect all the time, but when we do, it's at the right time and we probably need (laughs) to connect more
1: now, but. Well, dude, I might be happy to share your, your podcast too. So, um, but yeah, so I'm at jamesmoran.org. So my last name is Moran, M-O-R-A-N, jamesmoran.org. Um, you can go on there and, book a session with me you can find me instagram at astrology james um facebook james moran astrologer and that's that's where i'm at and i got i got ebooks um and some webinars and some fun stuff for free if you sign up to my newsletter or to my email list rather and uh yeah come come let's talk let's 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 chat it up and have some fun and explore the archetypes
0: have you been pretty busy with the astrology?
1: It's it has been busy recently. Thankfully, it has been a very glorious time, and I'm feeling really grateful for it.
0: Well, well let me tell you, you're 44 this year, right? That's right. In numerology, well, that's a double digit, which means it's it's always going to be vi- uh, more powerful because it's you know two fours in a row. That's an eight, and eight is a financial vibration. So. I predict. Uh, yeah, you thank will, you for that, man. I predict you will have a very fortuitous year, based off because last year for me it was 44, and nobody was supposed to be making money, and I killed it last year.
1: Believe it or not. <laughs> awesome. Well, yo, man, I'm. Uh, I'm feeling pumped. I'm feeling psyched for for what's to come I've you know I've put a lot of work into this and it's 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 finally beginning to take off so I'm gonna take that that you said I appreciate that a
0: lot you're welcome dude I can't thank you enough for coming on and hopefully we can get you on again man you know just get your perspective on things and and uh you know there's so many topics we can go down it doesn't have to be astrology but I look to you Mm -hmm. for that because I know you're like one of the masters at it so
1: Oh, I appreciate it, man. I really thank you for reaching out and inviting me.
0: You're very welcome, man. Thanks again. Um, And uh, um, we'll be in touch.
1: All right, brother. All right. You have a good one. man. Yes, you too. Have a great year, and we'll talk soon.
0: Yes. Thanks again, ladies and gentlemen, for for listening. Um, I was really, really excited to get my buddy James on. Uh, As I said, you know, he's just – we just – convene at these the right times it's not very often but when it happens it's for a purpose and if you guys if i could encourage anybody that's interested in astrology or their chart you know having knowing a little bit more about themselves he is definitely one of the people i would recommend going to Uh, I, i have a few astrologers that i know that i think are really really good Uh, there's just, I don't know if it's because me and him are born so close and, and I know how serious I take my work and, and, and my stuff, but James is just really intricate about things and pieces together, uh, things in the chart that, um, I haven't seen a lot of astrologers do and, um. So anyways, again, thanks, guys, for listening, and uh, good luck to everyone out there. I know things are crazy right now. Uh, You know, just uh, know thyself, meditate, pray, eat well, exercise, all the above, love, healing, and truth, mind, body, and spirit. Aloha.